and you just cannot let other people's lives and their stories playing out make you become insecure and think, oh gosh, I'm not doing enough, I'm not doing enough, I'm not doing enough. So listen, quit the comparison game. Just be excited for what people are doing, but focus on you. Hey guys, welcome to this episode of the Rachel Crusoe podcast. I'm so glad that you're here. So in this episode, we're going to talk about life-changing habits that can save you time and money. We're going to go over some basic money knowledge and why it's important to know about money and where your money's going. Then you're going to hear a conversation I had with Becky from Clean Mama, and she's going to go over some ways to save time and money when it comes to cleaning your house. We are all so busy these days, so any time and money we can get back is a win, so you don't want to miss her tips. But first, let's talk about the best habits to have before you're 30. And however, if you're over 30, it's okay. Still listen because (laughs) they're life lessons and habits that we want to have our entire life. So take a listen. All right, your 20s, they can be a stressful time because you're figuring a lot of life out during that decade of your life. But the important thing is to get some good money habits in place early on because it makes the rest of your life so much easier. So we're going to talk through some money habits to develop before you're 30. And if you're already past your 20s, just stay because let's be honest, they're good money habits for us all to have and it's never too late to start. All right, here are some habits to start working on. Living within your means. That's it. Yep. There's like this Instagram reel sound going around. (laughs) It's like my parents always ask, how do I afford it? How do I afford it? And I don't, or it's like some kind of joke. And I'm like, oh man. And so listen, if you get in the habit of just saying, hey, I'm gonna live below what I make. I'm not gonna spend more than I make. That one little habit alone is going to help you go so far with your money. Also, just educating yourself. I think there's a level of humility to say, hey, you don't have all the answers. And guess what? I don't have all the answers. I am still learning. So if there's areas of money that you don't understand, Educate yourself, read books, listen to podcasts, and actually look at the people you're getting the information from to see, okay, are they credible? You know, the value system at which they operate, do I agree with that? And then you can be able to say, okay, is this good sound advice? And ask around, but educate yourself. Also, be budgeting. Budgeting is one of the most powerful ways for you to control your money. It is just so huge to live on purpose, and that's what a budget does. Also, be in the habit of having an emergency fund, having money set aside that is saved. When life happens, you have the money. And just having that there, there's something about having money in the bank that, again, you're not, it's not just in your checking account. You're not going to use it. It's not to even save up for a car or a vacation. It is just there for your just-in-case parts of life. There's something to detach yourself from it, to think, okay, it's not even there, and just forgetting it's there. And then when something comes up and you actually need it, you can tap into it. But having it there and letting that be a habit of your financial life is huge. Also, learning what your debt situation is. There's a lot of people that denial just feels great and living with your head in the sand is the way it goes. But listen, if you want to really get a strong financial foundation under you early on, you have to know where you're at. And that means looking at your debt. So whether it's student loans and credit cards, or if you took out a car loan, map it all out and actually write it out and say, okay, where am I at when it comes to debt? Because that's gonna help you start paying it off when you know what you have. Also, be in the habit of thinking long-term. So many people make really bad financial decisions because they're only looking at the short-term. They're not looking 
10, 15, even 20 years out to say, hey, what's going to happen down the road if I don't fund retirement or if I just continue to live paycheck to paycheck and don't have any margin? Like it feels good right in the moment, but you think long-term, what is that going to do to me long-term? So be thinking and looking further out because it's so easy, again, just to think, okay, what's due this week or what do I need to do this week? But think long-term. Or another great habit, mentioned it earlier, but it's true, saving for retirement. This is going to help you think long-term. But the earlier you start saving and putting money away in your Roth IRA or 401k or 403b, all of those retirement vehicles when it comes to investing, it's huge. Compound interest is your friend. And the earlier you start, the better off you're going to be. But I want you out of debt and having a fully funded emergency fund before you do that. Also, be in the habit of checking your bank account every day. Yeah, every day. Look, look at it. And especially if your bank account is tied to your budget, like every dollar, you're gonna be checking it and you're just gonna stay on top of it. And that way, life is not overwhelming. You know what's going out. You know what's coming in on when you get a paycheck. And you just are in the rhythm of checking your bank account. It's amazing, again, how people don't look at it and they'd rather not because they don't wanna see it. But listen, be in the habit of looking. Also, pay your bills on time. Don't pay late fees or get your lights cut off because you're not organized. You may have to get a schedule to say, okay, what bill is due when and get in the habit of doing that because once you do it, it feels like a lot of work on the front end, but it makes life so much easier. Also, learn to negotiate. There's a lot of things you're gonna be buying, even large purchases like a car or a house, and you can negotiate. And so you get rejected sometimes when you do this, which is fine. You get the get told no, and that's okay. You're gonna survive but it's amazing how much money you can save when this is a part of your rhythm. Next is to look out for comparison traps. So I think being in your 20s is always fascinating because up until this point in life, you have been the same pace as everyone else. You know, you've gone to elementary school together and middle school and high school. And sure, in high school, you know, some people were in honors classes or AP. Basically, y'all are all doing the same thing. And then, you know, if you graduate and most of, you know, people you know are either going to college or getting a job, But especially after that four years after high school when people graduate from college, suddenly everyone's on a different playing field. Some people got a really great high-paying job and they moved cities. Or some people, you know, are like, oh no, I got to work three jobs just to keep up. Some people move back home. Some people get their own place. Some people get married. I mean, there's so much change that occurs, especially after those college years. And you just cannot let other people's lives and their stories playing out make you become insecure and think, oh gosh, I'm not doing enough. I'm not doing enough. I'm not doing enough. So listen, quit the comparison game. Just be excited for what people are doing, but focus on you. Also, if I can just encourage you, just be in your 20s. Be in your 20s, okay? And again, it's easy to compare your life, especially if people are doing better or they're a few years ahead of you. But just remember, you're in your 20s. And when you're in your 30s, you're in your 30s. And you just be where you're at in life. Just be present because you're still gonna be in a point of sacrifice in your job to move up in your career, sacrificing because you're gonna be paying off debt. But remember, you're not 50 years old. You're in your 20s. So just be okay with that. Okay, I want to know from you guys, is there a money habit that you wish you learned before the age of 30? If so, leave the comment below because the earlier you do all of this stuff, the better off you're going to be. 
Being free to make your own medical decisions is a big deal. Christian Healthcare Ministries lets its members choose the providers that they want without worrying about networks. Find out more at chministries.org slash budget. That's chministries.org slash budget. I cannot wait to dive in with my next guest because we're going to talk all about cleaning. Yes, if you're anyone out there, single, have a family, it just feels like we're constantly cleaning and picking up. And what's hard too is that you can spend so much money on cleaning products just to feel like you're doing the best you can. So I decided to have Clean Mama on, aka Becky, and she has a website, a podcast, a YouTube channel, even her own line of products dedicated to cleaning. So Becky, thanks for coming on today. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Okay, so what are a couple of tips you have for families out there or people that want to save time, they want to save money when it comes to cleaning their houses? Yeah, first of all, I think by deciding on certain things that you're doing on certain days, having a routine, I think is really helpful. It's time-saving. It helps a family get together with and all kind of come on board um, because we're always going to have messes and there's always going to be things to clean up. That's just part of life. So realizing that and being proactive about it instead of reactive, I think is really helpful. So I clean certain things on certain days, like Monday is bathrooms day, Tuesday I dust, um, so that I'm spreading it out throughout the week. But if you're just starting and you are overwhelmed and you know you should be doing something, but you don't know what to do, start by making your bed. If you have a lot of people in your house, I mean, we have three kids in our house and it's my husband and myself, and there's a lot of laundry. Laundry as a daily task is really helpful because then I know that there's always clothes and we're not like trying to find what's cleanest in the bottom of the laundry pile. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I know that can get that can get overwhelming. Yeah, for sure. You know, it's funny to me, Becky, is when I'm cleaning, even if it's just like the kitchen after dinner, we have three kids and it's like dishes and pots and everything, but it's amazing what just 10 minutes, what I can knock out in 10 minutes. And I even will set a timer sometimes like on my Alexa or my microwave and just be like, okay, for 10 minutes, I'm gonna just go as fast as I can, clean as much as possible. And it, it is, because it can feel like an uphill battle sometimes, like if you're not in a rhythm. And so for me, even that simple thing, yeah. it, it helps me. I don't know what it is, but it, yeah. There's something about it not being as much as it, you can make it out to be. Because in my head, I'm like, it's a, it's in the list of all of a, all the other things I have to do in my life. And I'm like, oh, I gotta clean this, 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 and this. And it's like, okay, yeah, but it feels overwhelming. But once you start to get to it, you can actually do things pretty quickly. Absolutely. And it's, it always is amazing to me that like when you put things off like throughout the day and you keep putting it off and putting it off and then it's like time yourself and oh, that only took three minutes. Yes. <laughs> like what was I waiting for? <laughs> exactly, exactly. Okay, so what are some products that you can think of that you can either just like replace or that you need to have that are really inexpensive but that everyone needs to have? Yeah, I DIY a lot of products because that way I have those ingredients in my house and I can mix something up and don't, I don't have to go to the store to get more if I run out. So really simple, like having vinegar, obviously if you have water and you can filter it or just tap water is fine. Use like a little bit of rubbing alcohol works well, dish soap, 
baking soda. I mean, very simple pantry style ingredients. You can use those things to clean your home. It's amazing what soap and water will do. <laughs> if you have to scrub a counter, you don't need a special counter cleaner necessarily. Um, but I mean, that's really simple, easy DIYs that you can make if you're just trying to cut back in, in it, or if you're not, you'll, you'll be surprised at how effective they are yes. <laughs> when you kind of eliminate all the extra uh, chemicals items. And, and it's better for you too. I mean, there's a lot of chemicals in some cleaning products and that way you know exactly what's in what you're cleaning with too. Yeah, we did an episode of DIY cleaners like probably three years ago on the show and there's still one recipe and still to this day, still to this day, I use it. I have a glass container. It's what I use to spray our countertops and we built a home and moved in in 2019. But one of my things was, I was like, I need, to, I want two islands. I was like, one of my wishes when we built. So we just have a lot of counter space, which is great, but we have, you know, bar stools everywhere. I mean, it's just, that's where we eat everything. So I clean those counters. Like when I'm home, I mean, I will clean them three times a day sometimes, three to four times a day, because I'm like, I just, I don't like crumbs and all that. But it is literally water, uh, alcohol, rubbing alcohol. I guess that's okay. Uh, Like a lemon essential oil drops, and then this soap, which I don't even know the name of it, but you only, you you don't do a ton of it. And I got this big bottle. So it's, I mean, I've used this much of it and it's been whatever, how many, three years. Anyways, and you shake it up, and it is, it smells good. And there's something about it that I'm like, oh, this just feels right. This just feels good. It feels like right. clean and healthy, and it smells great and all of it. So, yeah, but it's amazing because I go through it so much that having just some ingredients under your, to make your own, it sounds hard, and it's really not. Okay, what are a couple of things that you've heard out there cleaning, either maybe gadgets or cleaners that you think, no, 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 do not spend your money on those things. Like the granite or the stone cleaners, there are a lot of those and they're expensive. And honestly, I have never, I've tested them and I don't think they work nearly as well as water, rubbing alcohol and a little bit of dish soap. I mean, that's all you really need. And so that's one. There are some, um, I've seen like where people will take like toilet bowl cleaner and spray it in their grout and you can use that to clean their grout. That's something like I wouldn't do that. <laughs> <laughs> um, there, I do, I mean, I will say that there, and then like steam cleaners, there's like five different types. You only, if you wanted one, you probably just need one. You don't need like this small one and this for the, you know, Yep. It's clean. Do a, a type of a cleaner or a gadget or something. You probably need one. If there's multiple varieties of that same thing. Yes. Like, <laughs> you don't need all that. Don't need all of it. That's so great. Okay. I'm going to ask you a selfish question. <laughs> What's like your favorite yeah. thing to clean a sink? Because we have a sink at disposal. And I don't know what this says about our household because I clean every, I mean, I feel like I'm a rather clean person, but it'll have this, like every probably like four months, this like musty smell will come up and I'm like, oh, and I try to put lemon down there and I'll spray alcohol. I mean, I'll do whatever I can because I'm like, that's disgusting. And it smells bad. What's like your favorite thing to clean sink and disposal? Yeah. So I mix up something, I call it my nightly sink scrub and it is baking soda. So I do two cups. I put it in like a mason jar. Okay. And then I do lemon and clove essential oil. Okay. And... I put that in like 20 drops or so, mix it with a table knife, you know, okay. just a, yep. like a butter knife. And I keep that under my sink. And then 
at the end of the day, I wet the sink, sprinkle that in my sink, um, just a little bit, not like not the whole jar, <laughs> maybe two tablespoons, just a little sprinkle. And then I squirt dish soap in the sink. And then I take a scrub brush that I only use on the sink. Okay. And I scrub it every night, rinse it, and it will sparkle and shine. But the, the disposal, there's also a, a brush that was for disposals. Oh. So I, I, that is like one thing that I do really like. <laughs> I bet it's disgusting. Um, I don't even want to, I don't even want to do you know, it in my house. <laughs> right, right. But it's not, I mean, once you do it, it's not that bad. I mean, you, if you do it regularly, but it, it's like, it has a weird shape to it and it gets underneath like that gasket and everything. But I also, like, I don't put ice cubes down the disposal or anything like that because that can, like, kind of hurt the blades. Or if I, and I don't do lemon peels. If you want to use lemon, like, do, because they're too tough. Do, like, the, use, like, a vegetable scraper and just do that first layer of peel. Yeah. And put that down. It's a little thinner. Yeah. But that will freshen it up, too. Okay. But um, I don't do limes. I don't do lime peels, but I will throw I'll throw a lemon peel in there every now and then. Okay, that's so good to know. So for your cleaners, the the everything that you create, your line of cleaning products, what motivated yeah. you to say, okay, here, I, well, number one, I want to hear what motivated you to do all of what you're doing right now as a job and a career, <laughs> and then also your yeah, all of your products. What caused you to to go into that? Yeah, so I started Clean Mama back in 2009. Um, it was at the start of uh, the recession, the whatever, I don't even know what we yeah. call it, but uh, I was a stay-at-home mom at that point, and um, I had been an art teacher, and I, I've always loved cleaning, and people always ask me, like, how to clean certain things. Parents would ask me how to get stains out of their my students' clothes from my art room. I kind of have always kind of figured out how to get things out of things, so that's been, like, a weird constant um, and then I used to clean my colleagues' houses while I was teaching too. So it was, it was kind of funny, but then I started the blog kind of on a whim and just started talking about how I clean my house, what I do every day, the cleaning routine, and it just started to take off. And then I started an Etsy shop in 2010. I like was the first person to sell printables, like homekeeping printables. And at that point, my husband was like, no one's going to buy anything from you that doesn't exist <laughs> like because it was a PDF. Yeah, like, totally. I'm not really, but I was like, but I can't, we can't afford for me to mail things like this is, we're going to have to see if this works. And then that was kind of how it all started. And um, yeah, so that was the kind of a funny little, it's definitely it. um, been a gift and I love doing it. I love sharing about cleaning with, you know, the world. <laughs> I guess, but um, also, so I started doing the DIYs on my blog and I wrote a book about it in 2013. There was a company that asked me to write a book about it. But then as things have gone on, people have also, like not everyone wants to DIY their cleaners. Some people want to be able to purchase cleaners and just use them. So I decided on the like least amount of things you would need to clean your house. So it's simple and effective. 
um, and basically created a product line around it. And that's that's amazing. What's in my shop? <laughs> so great. Well, congratulations because thank you. Honestly, having someone in life that can help you in all these little areas of your life, including cleaning, and it's like, hey, here are tips. Here are some great products. Here are things to do. It's just helpful. It's just one less thing I have to think about in life because I'm like, oh, I have someone to help me figure all this out. So I love it. So, so great. Okay, so what's your one last tip for all the busy people listening when it comes, if you had one thing to tell people when it comes to cleaning and to save money and to do it when you're busy, all of our lives, everything, what would your last tip be? My last tip would be to just do something. So even if you are overwhelmed at the end of the day, exhausted, whatever, when you come home, instead of putting it off and just do one thing, sometimes that one thing will lead to something else. Sometimes it won't, <laughs> but like choose one area, one thing that you can do and it will help you. You'll feel better. I always think of like, how will I feel tomorrow? What if I do this? And I think that that's really effective just from, you know, like, will I feel better tomorrow if I come downstairs and the kitchen's a disaster or will, yes. <laughs> will I feel better if I come down and the kitchen is cleaned up? What will get my day started tomorrow a little bit better? Yes. And then just keep in mind, it's not going to take forever. <laughs> I love it. So great. So great. Well, Becky, thank you so much. Where can everyone find you? Yeah, you can find me at cleanmama.com and then on social media at cleanmama. So awesome. So great. Well, Becky, thank you so much for coming on. And you guys make sure to check out everything that she's doing because again, helping our lives, even when it comes to cleaning and staying on budgets and saving time is something that we all, all need and all want. All right, today we're going to be seeing how well people know their money. At Ramsey, we created a quiz called How Well Do You Know Your Money? And we decided to take it to downtown Nashville to see how people answer and to know, do they know the right answers to these questions? Well, let's see how they did. All right, the first question is, what does having a balanced budget mean to you? Here's how people in Nashville answered. What does having a balanced budget mean to you? Um, she's the money person in the family. <laughs> <laughs> so she lets me tell me what I can spend and not. So that's yeah. a balanced budget. That's about right here. Okay. <laughs> not being broke every week. Um, I guess enough money for basic stuff, your house, where you live, your car, food, grocery. Um, go on vacation once in a while. Just make watch over everything that I'm spending. I use um, cash in all of my, I have like envelopes, my grandma taught me. And so I like on the envelope, I write out of like everything I'm supposed to be spending for the week. I have like $50 in groceries for the week, you know, X amount in, in gas and fun and stuff. And so I'll use the envelopes, take money out of the um, envelope every week. And like, that's what I have. If the envelope's empty, then I can't spend any more money. So that's what I use for yeah. budgeting. What does budgeting mean to you? Um, kind of which and kind of not which. Okay. I, every week. Every week. That's a great answer. Oh, it's so great. So great to hear from all of them. All right. The correct answer though, is that your income for the month matches how much you give, save, and spend. So again, a zero-based budget is the key. You're going to have your income for the month at the top. List out all of the categories that you spend money on, including giving, saving some money, 
and then everything else. And the goal is that income minus all those categories equals zero. That is a zero-based budget, a balanced budget. You know exactly where every dollar is going. All right, the next question is, what impacts your credit score the most? Here's how people answered. What impacts your credit score the most? Is it amounts owed, length of credit history, credit mix, new credit, or payment history? I think it's payment history, I would say. Yeah. Payment, payment history. Payment history. Wait, repeat, repeat the options, because debt to income ratio affects it the most, from what I've um, understood. Amounts owed? Yes, that would be the correct that answer. That one? So fascinating. Okay, the correct answer is payment history. So the way your credit score is calculated has to do with all debt. So it's your debt amounts, new debt you're taking on, how often you pay on your debt. So all these factors. Now, the the largest percentage of that mathematical equation of how your credit score is calculated, the thing that counts the most is payment history. But I will remind you, your credit score is an I love debt score. You basically need a credit score to go more into debt. And you can still get a house through manual underwriting without a credit score. You can still rent an apartment, get a cell phone, everything you need. You can live life without a credit score. All right, the next question is, what's the least amount you need to save for a down payment to avoid PMI, private mortgage insurance? Here's how people in Nashville answered. What's the least amount you need to save for a down payment to avoid PMI, which is private mortgage insurance? Oh, you got me on that one. I don't know. Uh, I would say 10%. Oh, oh gosh. I, I'm going to say 10%. All right. It's a tricky one, but the correct answer is 20%. So again, if you can save 20% of your down payment, you avoid a huge cost, which is PMI, private mortgage insurance. So I know 20% is a lot. We recommend down to 5% for first-time home buyers, but again, it is huge if you can get that 20%. All right, next is what type of retirement account offered by your employer would you contribute after tax dollars? Here's how people answered. What type of retirement account offered by your employer would you contribute after tax dollars? Is it a Roth? After tax, so the IRA. This is a hard one. When you talk about retirement and all of that investing, it can be very complicated. But the answer on this is your Roth 401k. Roth is one of the best words you can hear, whether it's a Roth IRA, Roth 401k, because a Roth protects you from taxes after the fact. So again, Roth, this is, gosh, the best word that you can have when it comes to investing because it means that you actually put money into this account after you pay taxes. So all of the growth in that account is tax. Free. And so when you look at compound interest, you look all the way to retirement, it is a wonderful thing because there's gonna be a lot of money in there that will not be taxed. All right, the next question is, if you carry a balance on your credit card, your interest will be charged how often? Here's how people in Nashville answered. If you carry a balance on your credit card, your interest will be charged how often? Uh, APR, it's annual percentage, so it's monthly. Uh, monthly. Monthly. Um, monthly. It's charged daily. Monthly. Well, it if depends. You depends. It depends on what finance company. I can prove you wrong on that. Okay. Some Tell some us. finance companies will hit a, a, a monthly cur on the total yeah. balance yeah. and then hit you for the eighteen percent. But some companies that allow you to pay towards the principal will hit you on a daily basis. So when you pay towards the principal, some of that money is still going to interest. Okay, most people know this one. Yeah, monthly. Monthly is the answer. So if you carry a balance on your credit card, 
every month interest would be charged. And that's one reason I say stay away from credit cards. People are like, well, I pay it off every month. Statistically speaking, majority of Americans do not. And in fact, the average American family carries $16,000 in credit card debt. So just say no, get them out of here. Get them out of here. Use a debit card. Use a debit card, people. All right, next is what kind of debt cannot be erased by bankruptcy? Here's how people answered. Oh, that one I do not know. Medical debt? And I'm a nurse. Personal I should know that. No, Okay. Medical debt, personal loans, credit card debt, or students? Personal loans? It's actually student loans. Student loans, really? Yeah. Okay. Did not know that. Yeah. Student loans is the correct answer. So regardless of bankruptcy, your student loans are with you forever. Sally Mae, until you get her out of there. Pay her off. Be done with it. It's a great thing. All right, next question is, what type of car insurance coverage would pay for damage to the other person's car? Here's how people answered. What type of car insurance coverage would pay for damage to the other person's car? Comprehensive. Uh, collision? Um, collision course on that. It's actually property damage. Is it really? Wow, yeah. I didn't know that. See that? Wow, see? See? Okay, this was, this was a hard one. I'm not going to lie. This is hard. So the answer is property damage liability. Now, when it comes to ver these very specific niches of your money, so whether it's investing, insurance, taxes, always have people in your corner, okay? Have a great insurance agent that can explain stuff to you just so you know, just so you have the knowledge because you can just make better decisions when you have the knowledge. Don't be afraid to ask questions because, again, these, these niches, these industries can get very complicated. So ask questions. All right, so the next question is, let's pretend that you just bought a house. What isn't included in your closing costs? Here's how people answered. Let's pretend you just bought a house. What isn't included in your closing costs? Taxes? No, taxes, taxes included. Escrow taxes included. What's not included? I can give you options. You okay, yes. options. Okay. Down payment, loan application fee, title insurance, or loan origination fee. Second one? Wait a second. Down payment, loan application fee, title insurance, or loan origination fee. Loan application fee. It's actually down payment. Down, down payment is not included? No, because you already paid your You already paid it. Ah, okay, fine. Oh, okay. the very end. Tricky yeah. question. Yeah. All right, the down payments. Yep, that's the correct answer. So your closing costs have a lot of things wrapped into them, but your down payment is not included in that. All right, next. Let's pretend that you just got hired for a new job. Which of the following would not be a mandatory deduction from your first paycheck? Here's how people answered. Which of the following would not be a mandatory deduction from your first paycheck? Okay. Social Security and Medicare taxes, 401k contribution, state and local income tax, or all of these are mandatory deductions? Oh, I have no idea. I'll say all of them because I have no idea. <laughs> 401k. I would say 401k. Um, I don't think the 401k is mandatory. All right. Most people knew this one, which is great. Yes, the 401k contribution, all the other taxes, everything is mandatory. Those will always be taken out, but you do not have to fund your 401k. And in fact, as much as I love investing and I love retirement investing and I love, again, looking towards the future, I want you to be debt-free with a fully funded emergency fund before you do this. 
All right, the next question is, what is considered an excellent credit score? Here's how people in Nashville answered. What is considered an excellent credit score? I would say my credit score is 848, almost at 850, so I would say 800 or above to me. Excellent would be what, uh, 800 and up, over 800. All right, the correct answer is 800. And a lot of people knew this one. It's so funny, the answers that a lot of people knew or didn't know, And that's how much the credit scores talked about, you guys, 800. I mean, people just, they just know it. It is a part of our rhythm and our life. So again, getting to a point in life when you're not using debt and your credit score goes down to undetermined, it's a crazy thing. It's a crazy world to live in when you get to that place because the world worships your credit score. They really believe that your credit score is an indication that you're good with money. It's not, remember, it's an I love debt score. Man, it's just good to know where people are at. And again, we just need financial literacy. We just need some good education when it comes to money. It can be a very complicated subject, I understand. But the more you know, the more knowledge you have, the better you are to make decisions. So I would love for you to share this with a friend who might want to take the quiz and test out their own money knowledge. So I'll drop a link to the quiz in the description below. And if you were listening to the answers and thinking, oh gosh, I need to brush up on some of this, because some of them were hard. Some of, the, some of the questions were hard. I would really encourage you to take Financial Peace University. This is our nine-lesson class that, man, millions and millions of people have gone through, but it gives you the basics of everything you need to know from budgeting to building wealth. And it is so helpful, again, to be educated and know what actions to put into practice. That way you can control your money because... This is what all this is about. So Financial Beast University, I will drop a link to that in the description as well. All right, I love that money quiz. It's so good. It's challenging. It's challenging, but it's good to know the basics, you guys. So good. Well, I want to thank Becky so much for being on and thank you guys for listening to this episode of the podcast. So if you have not subscribed to it, make sure to hit that follow button. And if the spirit leads, please leave a review. And as always, make sure to take control of your money and create a life you love.